0: This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. We'll have two hours of advanced analysis, the X's and O's, headlines around the NBA, and breakdown of your Utah Jazz. Here are your hosts, Zach Harper and Andy Larson, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome everyone into the Salt City Hoops
1: Show on ESPN 700. I'm Andy Larson, managing editor of SaltCityHoops.com, the ESPN True Hoop affiliate for the Utah Jazz. Zach Harper, national NBA columnist for CBSSports.com, joins me as usual. Zach, how are you?
2: I'm excellent. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. We are surprisingly close to the NBA season. I know many of you out there are going to be very upset that we're not talking NFL or college football. I mean, it's it's rivalry week. You can say that five times fast.
2: Rivalry, rivalry week. <laughs> what, here? That's
1: yeah. Here, Utah oh. and BYU play oh, Saturday. There you go.
2: <laughs> <You're> <laughs> Someone who's not from here, I had no idea.
1: Yeah, Zach is a, a clear fan of yeah
2: one of those schools. I I just hope I that don't I don't know if they can. I don't think they play at any point, but if they if either team plays San Diego State, you're gonna get smoked. That's who I root for.
1: That that makes sense. Go Aztecs. San Diego State. Uh, yeah, graduate. Presumably, you graduated, right? That's fair to say. I was there. Okay. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I don't know if you. I, I don't know the story. Uh, I mean the Aztecs and Cougars used to play, right? But yeah. They, um, no longer.
2: Right. They used to play. Uh, I think. I think they actually got worse. It was a bit of a problem a few years ago when Jimmer Fredette was going up against Kawhi Leonard, and we realized what happens when he plays an NBA player. Mm. And then that was kind of a preview of what what's to come. So there yeah. you go.
1: That's that's our. I that's can our retroactively in.
2: talk trash. There. Cool. You go. All
1: right. Uh. Well. But regardless, football is happening, but it's not happening on our show. Yeah. We do have at least one fan at Riley O'Brien or at Riley O'Jazz. His name is Riley O'Brien. Says thanks for doing the show, helping get through the off season. So yeah. Hey, we got we got one. We got uh, one. <laughs> He asked a question, and we might as well answer it now, right? I mean, given that he's our fan, Uh, two years from now, who leads the Jazz in points per game and assists per game?
2: Points per game, Derek Favors.
1: Wow, two years from now, you think he he leads the Jazz? Yeah. Okay.
2: Assists per game? Where?
1: where Whither Gordon Hayward? I don't think he'll be here. Ooh. Actually, I
2: I don't believe that at all. But <laughs> it's fun to say, right? It's a hot take. Yeah, it's a hot take. Cameron uh, had
1: 19.7 points per game last year. Uh, Favors had 16.4. Was, yeah, was the second.
2: Um, assists per game. How about this, Rodney Hood? Assists per game. I don't really know. I don't really know that I believe that either. But I don't. Uh, I don't believe any of your hot
1: takes. I mean, Rodney Hood, 2.7 assists per game last year. Yeah, but he, 32 minutes a game.
2: Yeah, but he'll be more of a ball handler. Probably. Yeah. yeah. He could get. He to improved three or a lot in pick and roll passing and, and playmaking i think he can i think he can be a guy that puts up like 15 five five.
1: i think so too yeah and i don't think five really leads the team in assists unless i think like, it
2: might i think it's a lot of sharing the ball i don't think you have anyone who's a heavy assist person on this team i think you get a lot of the four or five range
1: i wonder how many teams a five assists per game guy would have led that team last year <laughs> that's a good point i'll, I'll look it up okay break, but sure just stat trivia I, I mean i'm gonna go way more standard and say uh gordon hayward uh for both game, and no, and Dante Exum for whoa per game. Okay, I mean, right? Because those, I, I'm D- Gordon Hayward's probably going to be on the Jazz in two years. I mean, I'm give it like a 65 percent chance. But yeah, that probably means,
2: probably higher than that. Okay, so yeah. that
1: means I feel you know, if he's on the team, I think it's most likely he's the team's best player in two years. Sure, and uh. Dante Exum is, again, most likely the team's point guard in two years, given what they've kind of laid out for him. Sure,
2: I don't know that this team... I mean, it's very possible they kind of change things up uh, based on growth of certain players, but I just don't look at this team as where a point guard is is a heavy assist guy. Yeah, no, I... Agreed. I
1: I don't think so, but I think ultimately... Dante is a, a guy who tries to pass enough and, sure. and is what's kind of so much more a pass first point guard in his rookie season than a shoot first point guard. Yeah. And Rodney Hood may be the opposite of that, even if Rodney Hood does get more yeah. touches. In wow. End.
2: So you're saying two years from now, Dante Exum still can't shoot. So he's looking to pass all the time.
1: Oh, that's not
2: what I said at all. <laughs> I'm saying he's looking
1: to pass like he may be able to shoot. Sure. But I, well, I don't know. You, you don't seem very confident in that. Still leads with a pass. How about
2: this? Two years from now, Gordon Hayward, retired wow just can't <laughs> just tired plate. of working out you saw him playing tennis maybe he goes pro in tennis he could i mean pro and esports right pro and esports actually the that's the, actually what we should be talking that's where all the money is, is moving e-sports. forward yeah yeah streaming it's not football figuring out how to stream things online and esports that's where all the money is
1: if you guys want to tweet us like riley o'brien text us or tweet us at andy b larson at talk hoops yes. if you have our phone numbers you can text us prefer not no no <laughs> All right. Never mind.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't like talking on the phone for sure. I like texting, but there's a certain point where it becomes too much. Yeah. If you're a texter who's going to send like five or six in a row of just these one-liners, I'm out. Okay. Don't I don't do want that. you texting. But if you want to like send me a paragraph, I'll read a paragraph uh, and then we can respond.
1: We also have a phone number to call. Yes. Which is 877 353 But I've already
2: said I don't like talking on the phone. Oh, well,
0: so I mean, John will talk to you, and
1: I'll I'll listen to okay. you, and, and talk after. I'll say
2: something pithy. No, we'll
1: talk to him on the phone. All right, not, I'll talk. Like,
2: all right, if you call in, I will talk to you on the phone.
1: That's very nice of them. If they <laughs> right, call no, in. it is very we nice. Should, we should respect that sure. that effort that <laughs> yeah. they're doing. Calling in eight seven seven three five three zero seven hundred. Anyway, speaking of Gordon Hayward, like we were before that segue. Yes. Uh, tangent is really what I meant to say. Uh, the rumor is about Gordon Hayward, uh, obviously lived in Salt Lake during the summer. Uh, and the rumor is, is he looks gigantic as in his muscles are bigger than ever before. Sure. And he looks like a superhero. You and I saw him in person yeah. at tennis a month ago. I mean, he's a big he guy. Looked, he looked kind of normal. Yeah. Right?
2: He looked the exact same to me. Yeah. And I find too, that with most guys, they come into, they come into camp, with putting on all this muscle, within two months they look back to the normal, right? Like right. it's rare that these guys, because you can't train the same way as you get into camp, preseason, regular season, and, and so playing games, like yeah, and th- so and so that kind of that muscle mass just is hard to maintain. I'm not buying that. When did we see him? Like three weeks ago?
1: August 5th was when. All right, a month decade, ago. So a month ago.
2: I don't think he put on that much muscle in a month. I guess it's possible he worked out. Yeah, but I that just seems I don't know I'm not buying it.
1: I yeah I'm, not I'm out buying on it that. I mean you we hear that all the time with yeah, guys yeah. from around the league right like right. X has gained 29 pounds of pure muscle by the way, in only his biceps. Not healthy.
2: Right, <laughs> a <laughs> horrible thing to put on so much weight in such a small amount of time, whether it's muscle or fat.
1: Right, bad news bears. Yeah, uh, I do think it was interesting that Gordon Hayward said at the end of the 2014-15 season that he wishes he would have gotten bigger by the beginning of that season. Sure. uh, So that way he, you know, because you will lose weight during the course of the season, he felt he was too skinny by the end of it.
2: I think that's a real thing. I mean, maybe he did kind of bulk up in this month to do that. I don't think that means like, four months from now he's this gigantic muscle guy
1: yeah i don't know he'll be like a yeah. changed player overall right. and actually that kind of goes to i need to get dan on the line get him first of all. on we've got dan he called in uh he's writer for saltcityhoops.com and actually associate editor i, I don't know if it's i've also, announced that publicly no, he's but also he's very associate s- editor. he's a smart guy uh and super smart guy we yeah. want to talk to him about Derek favors and and rodney hood and rudy gobert and gordon hayward and all that stuff so dan how are you Oh, do we have Dan?
3: Known as fifteen pounds of muscle, in some circles.
1: Sorry, will you say that again? We didn't have you for the first half of it.
3: <laughs> it was just a lame joke about adding fifteen pounds of muscle. <laughs>
2: all right.
1: Which, <laughs>
3: the, world, the world, will live without that joke.
2: Okay. Well, now I got. Now I'm, it's, it's going <laughs> to consume me all, all two hours. What
1: will we do? Uh, Dan, I wanted to ask you, first of all, about an article you wrote on Salted Hoops after the Tibor Plyce trade, which we haven't talked about yet on this show. This happened like a week and a half ago, so I don't want to get into it too much. But I, it is especially relevant because Derek Favors tweeted out yesterday... Uh, decisions, 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 was the quote of his tweet. And presumably that may have to do with the the biggest decision on his mind right now, whether or not to accept a Jazz contract extension that could add a year or two onto his current deal. Uh, You've done all the math of the Jazz's current cap situation, what the maximum contract for Derek Favors would be, what an extension might look like. Will you get into some of that and kind of explain to our listeners what it is that uh, Derek Favors can sign for, his likelihood of signing, all of that sort of stuff.
3: Yeah, well, basically, what, I mean, I think what's weird about it is that the Jazz had $9.3 million um, in cap space before the Tibor Plyce trade. Um, you know, I think we all knew that Tibor Plyce was a, a little on the outs in terms of how he had performed and, and how the Jazz were feeling about him and the number of bigs that were ahead of him, at least on paper, if you think about the Ballenboy signing, Joel Ballenboy getting a million guaranteed over this year and next. So, in other words, you know, the Jazz easily could have just put Thibaut Plyce out to pasture and not spent two second-round picks to get rid of him. They obviously, you know, the fact that they made that trade and that they spent some of those assets that Dennis Lindsay has been stockpiling to get to $12.3 just kind of made me wonder, hmm, is there something that they can do... With 12.3 that they couldn't do with 9.3, so I started looking at it and realized, you know, 9.3 is actually enough to get Derek Favors a pretty, um, a pretty reasonable renegotiation and extension. It's a, it's a collective, it's a tool in the NBA's collective bargaining agreement that allows you to bump a player's salary so that you can extend him to something that's closer to market value. Um, and basically I did the math on on how they could do something um, with with that $12.3 million, um and actually it can climb a little bit after they make some training camp waivers, how they could maybe do something that gets both favors and if they want to. I'm not sure they do, but um, if they want to, I think they can also do something with George Hill that gets him probably the same incremental money, over a renegotiation and extension that he would sign as a free agent next summer.
1: Yeah, so with George Hill, I've personally heard that uh, the Jazz may be interested in doing that, they may not be interested in doing that, but... Really, it's George Hill's side that's like, you know, we've seen all the free agency money going around this offseason. Mike Conley got $153 million. Right. George Hill's right. maybe not that caliber of player, but it's kind of close. He's, he's going to get a lot of money, uh, and yep. his, his team wants to be a free agent going, going into next summer.
3: Yeah, it kind of feels like there's no real reason for George Hill to do it unless he can get, you know, let's say you add three years. You probably need to make sure that you're adding 60 million in salary between those three years and this year's, re- uh, you know, renegotiation. Right. In other words, maybe you bump him by 10 million this year, and then you give him 50 million over three years, and he gets the same kind of money that he would get as a free agent. But a, it's going to be hard for the Jazz to to bump him that much this year, and still, um, and still do something meaningful with favors, and. B, if you do both favors and Hill this summer, then they're a tax team next summer. Like I've looked at it, there's no way they're not a tax team if they extend both guys and then, you know, re sign both Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert at I'm just assuming for the sake of argument that they get their max their respective max salaries. And, you know, just those just those transactions makes them a tax team. So, um, so for that reason alone, I think you're right. I, I think maybe the right approach is a wait-and-see on Hill. You see how good Dante Exum looks. You decide um, you know, how, how central Alec Burks is to the situation and, and, and the future. Um, you, know, you make some of those decisions, and then you can decide on Hill later. But I do think it makes sense to lock up favors now. I, I think that the fact that he has two years remaining on his contract, and the Jazz can use the R&E, that's my shorthand, by the way, Um,
1: What's the
3: R&E? Renegotiation and extension. Okay. They can use that tool um, to actually distribute some of that money over two years of renegotiation. Now, here's the deal. and I don't mean to get too, like, you guys stop me if I'm putting you to sleep because I know (laughs) this is number stuff and whatever. Um, The way that Russell Westbrook and James Harden cashed in on the R&E is they got bumped to their max salaries this year and then they got max extensions going beyond. Right. The way that I think most of us have been talking about a potential favors R&E is more like the, what Danilo Gallinari and Wilson Chandler got from Denver, where basically they said, okay, what are you going to get as a free agent on a new contract? We're just going to try to add up to that. In other words, we're not going to take you all the way to your max salary this year and then give you a max extension. Um, you know, we're just going to say, okay, as a max free agent in 2018, you're probably going to get $60 million on, on a two-year deal because he's probably going to be really close to his max salary, which is just over $30 million a year. So I, I think that the, that the notion that the Jazz would like to do is take that $60 million and find a way to spread it across um, these next two seasons so that later when, like, Exum and Hood's new contracts kick in, um, Favors' cap number is a little bit lower. But Favors may not be interested. He may be seeing what happened with Westbrook and Harden and going, no, wait, R&E, that means you want to max me, right? So right. it's, it's going to be interesting. It's interesting to see maybe what Favors' side, um, what Favors' camp is expecting and what the Jazz are willing to do. And I'm, again, I know that was probably really dense for radio.
2: Well, I, I think the the interesting thing, too, is obviously you're doing it to build some goodwill with favors, right? It's like, hey, we pay you $11 million. That's way under what you would get on, on the open market right now if you were a free agent. So let's bump that. And then and then when it's time for you to uh, maybe extend after this extension or, or re-sign after this extension, there's a better relationship that way because, look, we did something for you. Now you do something for us. And, and things work like that in the NBA. J- uh, if they do a renegotiation extension, an R&E as you put it, is there is there any guarantee that they actually buy a lot more time with favors under contract? Or could this be like Russell Westbrook where they the Thunder really only got like an extra year out of it, right, while bumping up his pay?
3: Yeah, if they were to do something with favors right now, the most extra time they could add is an additional two years. So they can renegotiate favors as early as October 16th. So that's another point I'd make as far as his decisions, decisions, decisions tweet. Um, he may be considering options right now he can't decide on i mean he can decide he can 't act on anything until october sixteenth right. but the the r and e that they could provide him between October and the end of February uh, would be what I would call a two plus two in other words they 're going to renegotiate the final two years of his contract and then give him an extra two years of extension on the back end now, if they waited and they did this next summer. Then they could actually do. They they could just be renegotiating one year, which means they could extend him by three additional. The tricky part is, I don't know that the Jazz are going to have cap room to do that next year. Right. Even if they do that with, uh, you know, while Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert are on cap holds, instead of, um, and you know, instead of whatever their new salaries are going to be, the J- things are starting to look pretty tight for the Jazz next year. I mean, is- it literally might be a situation where unless you do it this. You know, this season, the Jazz might have to waive Boris Diaw next next year just to be able to extend Favors. So I think uh, I was in the camp that they should wait and do it next summer and do a one plus three because it keeps Favors under contract until 2021. Um, That's a Now that I'm looking at the cap sheet and the consequences of the of the acquisitions they've made this summer, all very positive acquisitions, by the way. But now that I'm looking at it, I'm thinking they probably need to pounce this year and do a 2-plus-2, which keeps favors in a Jazz uniform until June of 2020.
1: Let me ask you, do you think it's possible that they... The Jazz negotiated with Derek Favor's team and said, you know, and found that the $9.3 million in cap space that they had before the Tibor Plyce trade wasn't enough. So, that, so then they had to dump Plice in order to get the extra $3 million in cap space to get a deal done that started at a higher number?
3: Well, I'll go a step farther than it's possible. I think it's likely. I mean, okay. that's kind of what I hinted at in, in that last Halt City Hoops article I wrote, is basically like Dennis Lynch just gave away cap, uh, uh, draft picks. Dennis right. Lindsay doesn't really give away a lot of draft picks. Yeah, he this is really think, the yeah, first yeah, time he's ever done it. Right, exactly. So, I mean, they, for some reason, were extremely motivated to get from 9.3 to 12.3. There's some reason that that was worth two draft picks to Dennis Lindsay. Now, one of them is not going to be a great draft pick. One of them is probably literally going to be the 60th pick and the, the final pick in next year's draft. Right. So it's not like, you know, crazy good assets. But he doesn't just give assets away just so that he can put a black next to his desk that said, I had a lot of cap space left over. <laughs> I think they plan to do something with that extra $3 million, whether it's the favors are any, whether it's try to try to bump Hill so that he... I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think the fact that they are... Um, the fact that they went out and made this deal um, you know, in August tells me that they that they probably have something in mind.
2: Look, I know that he's in Milwaukee now, but Justin Zanuck could totally get that plaque for Dennis Lindsay for Christmas. Yeah. I could see that happening.
3: I think Gail Miller might get
1: that that plaque. Right, She's the one saving the money.
2: Um, Is is it... (laughs) Like, is it... Is it a foregone conclusion that the Jazz will not pay the luxury tax? Is that why there is this worry? Or is it just that, oh, luxury tax, we're supposed to be wary of that?
1: Can I answer I, So I.
3: Yeah, please do, because I know you have insight on this.
1: Yeah, I mean, basically my info, everything that I've been told is that Jazz ownership has given Dennis Lindsay... Uh, Basically, carte blanche to spend up to the luxury tax line, so they can spend up to that line, and then beyond that, it gets to be a very tricky financial decision for the organization. Sure.
2: Which is, it's one twenty next summer.
3: uh, I'm not sure what it will be. Next summer is one twenty two. One twenty two. Yeah. The tax threshold. And and here's the thing: it doesn't just get tricky financially. Uh, I think it gets tricky because of the. The moral position, and maybe that's overstating it, but it's probably <laughs> not. The moral position that Larry Miller for so many years took with um, the other 29 NBA owners to say, hey, we need robust revenue sharing. We need to help small mm-hmm. market teams. It, you know, LeBron James is going to make a lot of money, but LeBron James needed, needs another team to play against, and so we need to be collective in the way we think about the health of our 30 franchises. Right. and because he and other small market owners took that position, there's now revenue sharing that the Jazz benefit from a lot.
1: A lot. Yeah. And
3: one of the reasons that I know Larry was um, always pretty emphatic about not paying the tax is that it kind of weakens that, that negotiating position. You know what I mean? How can you go into the 29 owners and say, hey, you need to help subsidize my existence, and then just spend into oblivion You know, a few years later? Yeah. Now, obviously different people in charge, different people running the franchise. Um, but I think that that's something that the Jazz will consider, along with just the standpoint of, hey, have we sold enough Toyotas this quarter to write that big a check?
1: Right, uh- and, and I mean, they probably have. And with that revenue-sharing plan that is currently in place, the Jazz make plenty of money. I mean, yeah. they're actually in a really nice position because they're in a market that's under one million TV households, which means they get a bigger share of this uh Big piece, big pie. Right. Than they would if they were in a bigger market. But that being said, if that's your situation and you're going into a CBA renegotiation in 2017, and all of a sudden you're paying the luxury tax, uh, maybe that current system that has been really nice to you doesn't exist anymore. Right.
2: Right. Also, that Prius. It's nice. <laughs> go buy one. I guess. I don't know. I don't know if they. Yeah, <laughs> the Thirty
3: thousand dollars on a car. I'd go for the Prius V. I go camping a lot. Okay. There you go. Get
2: the I, Prius V and Rudy Gobert can get a max extension. That's the pitch, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, Dan, I want to ask you about it since you, you uh, mentioned it on another podcast, the Ben Dowsett's podcast on, on Basketball Insiders. I'll give him a shout-out. Uh, you gave a win prediction total for the Jazz.
3: I did, yeah. Well, I mean, and by the way, I was more like providing a ballpark range. Okay. And then Ben, because he's so clever with his verbal traps. <laughs> um, you know, he turned it around on me and then be- before I knew it, I was on the record. No, I just, um, I, I said, I think the jazz can get to the low fifties and, and, uh, and Ben was suddenly like surprised that I had crossed the 50 threshold. Like that's some kind of, you know, um, forbidden territory. I just think that if we, if we accept the premise that the jazz is baseline, um, coming from last season, was the forty-six that their point differential suggests. And by the way, to accept that premise, that means that we think that they're going to clean up some of the late game stuff that plagued them last year. Um, but if we accept that even with all of the injuries last year, they they were basically the quality, the macro quality of a 46 win team, then tell me, the twenty games of Favors and 20 games of Gobert and 82 games of Dante Exum. And adding George Hill and adding Joe Johnson and adding Boris Diao, and by the way, adding a bunch of games of Alec Burks as well, like does all of that add up to what does that add up to right uh, and that's before we take into account any sort of player improvement Rudy Gobert Rodney Hood Gordon Hayward, whoever like I just think that the jazz if I would not be surprised to see them get to fifty one fifty two that's the point I was making. Um, Obviously, even that means they need to be somewhat healthy, but uh, but I think you know I have the Jazz I have the Jazz fourth or fifth in the West. I can't really decide what I think of a couple of other West teams, but I don't think you know the only three teams that I know I would put above the Jazz out of September eighth at nine twenty six Eastern <laughs> are uh, are Golden State, San Antonio, and the Clippers. Beyond that, you know Memphis, I could argue that one either way. Uh, Portland? I could argue that one either way. In fact, I think I lean pretty strongly to the Jazz are better than Portland macro quality right now.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I think Portland's in for a big regression. I I, I still think they're a playoff team, but I don't think they're nearly as good as they were last season. I kind of think, the more I think about it, I kind of think you're low. What? Yeah. That's the thing. It really does make a lot of sense, and I don't know if I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid from being here or whatever, but the more I think about like the more I've dug into numbers, the more I've watched them play, the more I've seen the additions and all this stuff, like, I really think 55-56 like, is within
3: range. That's we- the thing. If you look at this like math-wise, like, if you add up what, what it does, to, I mean, you know, Exum Hill, I mean, like just that alone. The Jazz are going to, their, their point guard minutes are going to go almost entirely to Dante Exum and George Hill. Last year, they went to Shelvin Mack, Trey Burke, and, Ra- and Howell Meadow.
1: But, how many? Yeah, so how many wins do you think that is? That's a big
3: difference. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to say, like, George Hill has traditionally been... Um, I know that everybody hates win shares for a lot of... Not hates them. Like, wind shares have their drawbacks, but because it's an easy way to do this arithmetic, yeah. George Hill has historically been, like, a six to eight win share guy, right? right? Okay. So, right there, you talk about adding six wins. How good is Dante X? I'm going to be... In his rookie year, he was basically, like, net even, meaning I think he was around a zero-win-share player. Um, we all, part of that is because one of the deficiencies of win-shares is that it doesn't measure defense, and we all know that he contributed to the Jazz defensively more than zero. Right. Uh, so, you know, does he add a... Uh, like, Does he get a little better? Has he... I don't know. I mean, that's the one wild card, right? We have no idea what to expect from Don Hickson. Right. But, I, but I still think I can stand here and comfortably say that Hill-Exum is a better guard line than Burke-Meadow-Mac.
1: Right. Okay, like, my thing is, like, I give them, like, five wins for that, and I give them, like, one win for being maybe
2: healthier because I think, you know— yeah, maybe one it or two. 20
1: games. Sure, that's not that many. Like
2: That's a lot. They're not getting if, one extra win in that time. Yeah, but
1: something, some player is going to get hurt this season, right? Like, what if Gordon Hayward goes down for 40 games? What if, I mean, there are a lot of bad things that could still happen. In Like, yeah, the Jazz were hurt by injuries last year.
2: Did you see that Boris Dio had a cappuccino machine with him that in the desert? Doesn't strike me as a player who's
1: definitely not going to be injured.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, here. all right. George Hill joined the Pacers, right? And all of a sudden, the Pacers had, like, the best lineup in basketball for two years. Mm-hmm. Like, the best lineup. Yeah. They had George Hill, Lance Stevenson, Paul George, David West, Roy Hibbert. Gobert, probably better than Hibbert was then, right? And Hibbert was pretty good then, but Gobert, probably better. Derek Favors, better than David West was, and David West was good.
3: Mm, Paul I, G- I could argue, I think you could argue that one either way, but they're in the ballpark. and so I, Yeah,
2: Paul I, George, yeah. obviously better than, than Gordon Hayward, probably closer than people think. Rodney Hood, way, more, way better and way more reliable than, Lan- than Lance sure. Stevenson. George Hill is George Hill. So I think like you could legitimately have the best non-Warriors lineup in basketball with that starting five. And then the number one bench in the league. Yeah, and the number one bench in the league. And that's 56 wins. And I don't know. They just made the finals. Like, that's what I think. <laughs> so Where'd the Warriors go, Zach
3: where they go? I mean, we can just cancel all the games,
1: really. The Warriors ahead to
2: June. are, yeah, the Warriors are busy celebrating the, their, their signings, okay? That's what happened. Okay. They forgot to show the, up to the, to the Western Conference possible.
1: finals. We have to take just, a break yeah. like five minutes ago. <laughs> so, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. I have so much more I want to ask you and talk to you about, but unfortunately, um, we have to have the commercial parts of this program. So, uh, thanks so much for joining us. All right, thanks, so. guys. You can follow Dan at Dan Clayton, replace that last, with a zero to get his Twitter handle. There's some other Dan Clayton out there who's stolen his true and rightful handle. Free Dan uh, Clayton, that's what I say. Please go to SaltCityHoops.com at least and read his stuff. Anyway, we got to take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk about more about the wins. We've got a couple of your tweets to read, and then we've got this rookie survey. The NBA's rookies were polled and asked who they think will be the rookie of the year next season, along with their favorite players. That's next on the Salt City Hoop show on ESPN 700. (laughs)
0: The home of the best Utah jazz and NBA breakdown is right here. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: You know, this is a solid song to come into the segment with because uh, my fantasy team this year is named "Don't Go Chasing Thomas Rawls." Okay, and I like that. I'll admit, I shamelessly stole that from Twitter, but um, that's great. It's still, it's still great, and uh, and waterfalls by TLC just yeah, great song. This
2: is the only time I'll ever talk about my fantasy team because no one cares. You're right. Mine, is, mine is A for Eifert because so i have tyler, for, uh, I have tyler uh, eifert on my okay. team yeah so there you go a for eifert cool like it <laughs> there we go <laughs> all
1: right well it is football day but uh we are talking about basketball because zach didn't even know byu utah was a thing um, i mean i know
2: that they're schools right yeah but i mean i know it's a rivalry i just didn't know what's going on this week
1: yeah well so there you now you know yeah uh we do have a whole bunch of your twitter questions to get at if you guys want to tweet us like these fine people have at andy b larson at talk hoops that's us uh First of all, we got one from Giorgio Spanias from Athens, Greece. Okay. It's four in the morning there. Woo. Will the Jazz offer a max contract to Hayward
2: next summer? Yes. Yeah.
1: 100%. All of the teams will. Yeah. I mean, right? Anyone who has, Anyone who has the money, yeah, would give it to Gordon Hayward. Uh, I saw an article today, and I'm blanking on who wrote it, but argued that uh, Gordon Hayward is the most underrated player on the Utah Jazz roster. Matt Moore wrote, wrote oh, that article. On, yeah. on your fine website, yes. cbssports.com.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think, like, I don't really believe in underrated, overrated. I think it's a very subjective thing. And so I think you can find whatever sect of people you want to make whatever argument you want, right? Like, I can find a bunch of people that think Carl Anthony Towns really isn't that good. And then I can say, hey, Carl Anthony Towns is underrated. And it really doesn't mean anything. But in the sense of, like, I do believe there are guys who are underappreciated, undervalued, whatever. And maybe that's just semantics. But I do think Gordon Hayward is way better than people give him credit for. Like, I think you saw that when when Charlotte offered him uh, a max offer, or when he signed up a max offer sheet and the Jazz matched. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's why he's here. Right. Well, I couldn't remember if they just offered it and then the Jazz gave it to him or he actually signed it, but... Uh, and people were like a max contract for Gordon Hayward. That's stupid. And right. it's like, well, no, you just really haven't watched Gordon Hayward, which is fine. Like you can't watch every team, right? But he's he's really good,
1: and he's gotten better since then. I oh, think way better, a, I think. Yeah, it's a big thing. I mean, that was that was three years ago. Now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's he's improved as a player. Yeah. Um, year after year. In fact, he's kind of unique as a player. Uh, in that he has improved his to- point totals every single season for the last six, I believe it is. Uh, going from. 5.4 11.8 14.1 16.2 19.3 19.7 yeah uh i think he's one of the only players in nba history to do that i'll uh, okay. have to come up with that stat exactly
2: but uh that sounds it's good. A- annoying to look up
1: oh y- yeah i it's a there's it's,
2: no real good way of doing it right definitely
1: not it's like a yeah. jazz pr stat right so they put it in their books and that's the only reason i know it is because it's in those little pre-game pamphlets sure. that they give us <laughs> right uh so anyway, they the Jazz will indeed offer a max contract to Hayward next summer, and it's kind of up to him whether or not he takes it. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, though, Georgios from Athens and for the morning. We yeah. appreciate it. Uh, Stephen Ronsley at the wrongs underscore Jazz. I agree. t Place was a compound move. They were already under the luxury tax before the move. In fact, they were already under the regular salary cap before the move by nine million. Now they are up to twelve. But uh, yes, and then he asks also in a later tweet. Injuries? Does the added depth and minutes share help with injury prevention? For sure.
2: In theory, yes. Like uh, it, unless we're talking about like freak injuries, yeah. Like the teams should should not be as worn out, right? Like the and one because they're going to be a better team this year. That should lead to probably more blowout victories in theory, yeah. right? Like, And then guys arrested more.
1: Yeah, and I think I, I heard from the Jazz last year and, and talking to Quinn Snyder a little bit, I think he thinks that plantar fasciitis injury that he had that kept him out of a couple of games at the end of last season was partially because he was so heavily counted upon uh during the whole year and especially the parts when derek favors and rudy gobert were gone yeah for sure and so i think they really will strategically rest more players next season yeah. in a very spursian sort of way uh d- because I- i'm not sure that it matters to them so much you know whether they are the three seed or the four seed or five seed or six seed or seven seed so long as you're in the playoffs and are and are doing the right sort of things that's that playoff round is maybe more important
2: yeah absolutely
1: uh Clint Peterson sent us a few ones. Uh I felt like the Jazz should have won 46 last year, have them at 52 this year. 52 seems, is right where Dan was and yeah. A little bit below where you are. Way low. <laughs> uh,
2: 65 wins is that out of the question? Yeah, 65 is too many.
1: And then Clint asked just two minutes ago. Joe Johnson went from so underrated he was overrated. Is he now back to underrated again on this roster? I, again, like that's the sort of question that if you go from underrated to overrated to underrated like that quickly, yeah, maybe the the rating doesn't. I don't think he was much.
2: ever overrated. That's the thing. So. Like or I. I think he was overpaid. Yeah. That's not his fault. Like, the Atlanta ownership, which was horrible said here here's 125 million dollars and he's supposed to go actually i'm not that good like maybe like (laughs) let's shave off 40 million like that's that's the thing and people like oh he's getting paid 25 million he's the highest paid player in the league that's crazy you're right that is crazy he's got a good agent
1: and again it's kind of circumstances too right like that mike conley was making more money than anyone else until lebron just signed his deal you know that's it's it's luck of the draw it's just timing it's inflation
2: it's all that stuff and and two, with, with Joe Johnson, like, he was making all-star games every year. Now, I don't think all-star game is necessarily a great indication of how good a player is. Mm-hmm. But clearly the coaches thought, this guy's awesome. The last one, probably not all that deserved, right? right. Like, it was not a great one. The first six? Probably legit. Legitimate. All right, right. So, like, all right, a six-time all-star. Like, he's good. Yeah. Like, and he's always been good. Maybe he's not so good anymore, That's but he's in a ask, different is, role now. Yeah, where, where is he now compared to where he was I then? Mean, is, and- I mean, is your eighth man, like, pretty right. good, right? Like, eighth or ninth guy, like, pretty good. Is He had to still be your number two guy? I don't know about that. I wouldn't take that.
1: Right, no, that's, I mean, and, you know, maybe as your number two guy off the bench. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're pretty excited about it. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about this NBA rookie survey because I, I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, they do it every year and have since, uh, let's see, 2006, I believe. So for the last 10 years. Uh, and they ask the rookies things like who will be the rookie of the year, who's your favorite player, um, what's going to be the most difficult thing about transitioning to the NBA. Yeah they've at, they said uh predicted Chris Dunn your Minnesota Timberwolves yeah. 29% of them said he will be the 2016 17 rookie of the of the year next year.
2: Uh if I may plug something from a Wolf Among Wolves which is uh Timberwolves blog that I'm a part of yeah. Steve McPherson wrote this basically saying rookies think that he's going to be the rookie of the year because rookies are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh because they think like they look at this guy he's what a three four year guy essentially um he's really like he was really good he's older and better than most of those guys right so they kind of look up to him so to them it's like wow chris dunn's awesome like yeah that guy's gonna be rookie of the year not really and let i mean maybe if ricky rubio gets traded in the next month maybe there's a shot there even then feels like ben simmons right yeah like he ben simmons feels like the guy he's gonna get to do whatever he wants even if rubio gets traded chris dunn is maybe the third guy probably the fourth guy on that team yeah i like chris dunn a lot yeah i think he's solid but i, I don't know if he can shoot but
1: heck and if you put Chris Dunn in, in Ben Simmons situation or even Brandon Ingram's situation in LA, I mean I it may be a different story in terms of right. him getting the ball more. Right. But in Minnesota, he won't get the ball more, right? And and yeah. so I, I think it's yeah, I, I, and, and
2: with Rookie of the Year, like it's almost always who scored the most. Right. That guy gets rookie of the year. And whether that's intentional or just circumstantial, like whatever it is, that is like you go over the last twelve years, I think one time I think O. J. Mayo outscored Derrick Rose and Derrick Rose won Rookie of the Year. Like I think that's the only time, and Kriston's not going to score more than most rookies.
1: Shout out to whoever, by the way, voted for Joel Embiid and Dario Saric. Uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a deep cut.
2: Joel Embiid, uh, if healthy, I think is a lock for rookie of the year.
1: A negative. Shout out to whoever voted for Torian Prince. Uh, that
2: had to have been DeAndre Bembry, right? His teammate in Atlanta, both DeAndre fellow rookies. DeAndre
1: Bembry also got a vote. So. Torian Prince. <laughs>
2: Definitely voted for DeAndre Vembrey.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Great call. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they were probably looking over each other's shoulders to advance about the
2: ballot. <laughs> you vote for me. I'll vote for you. We each get a vote.
1: They were also asked who will have the best career overall, and there, Brandon Ingram got the most
2: votes. I um, think Brandon Ingram's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I... I
1: think he's going to have... I don't think there's much of a chance he wins Rookie of the Year next yeah, year. Yeah,
2: probably not, because he's maybe the third guy on that team, right? Like, yeah,
1: and he's, he's small. I, I don't know that he's really ready for NBA competition. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't the guy for Duke last year. Yeah. Um. I, I, I mean, I just right. think that it's unlikely, but... Career-wise, I think he, you know, has a really good yeah, shot.
2: I think he's stellar. Like he's going to be able to score so easily in the NBA once he gets used to the speed of the game. I don't even think he needs to get all that strong. Like I think he's just tall, lanky, and quick enough to where he'll be able to do whatever he wants in a couple of years.
1: No one voted for DeAndre Bembry or Malachi Richardson um, or Torian Prince in this <laughs> poll. However. Uh, Pascal Siakam of the Raptors did get a vote, and Tyler, Tyler Ulis, the second round pick.
2: Okay, well, they do love, like, those guys love Tyler Ulis. They and, do, in And fact, the Kentucky guys will vote for him, right?
1: They asked who was the biggest steal of where they were picked, and, and Tyler Ulis got second be, behind DeJounte Murray. of the. Carl Senate Anthony Tenor.
2: Towns, who played with Chris Dunn in high school, and played uh, with Tyler Ulis at Kentucky, and plays with Ricky Rubio now, was asked who was the best point guard you've ever played with uh, a few months ago, and he said Tyler Eulis interesting shots fired that's that's at current teammates yeah <laughs> we'll see how that
1: goes uh, i mean it's possible tyler ulis becomes great i, I think
2: uh, eh, probably I, not i don't think so i think he could be a really good backup i think he's a smart player but i don't he's so small
1: uh buddy healed one best shooter shocking nobody i
2: guess no one saw him in summer league yeah <laughs> uh
1: rich which rookie is the best defender chris dunn won that
2: he's really good i mean defensively like i don't know if he's the best defender but he's he's a guy who's going to make things really difficult for guys
1: yeah uh Yaka pertle by the way from the Utes, got a vote as well on that just, okay uh, pascal
2: siacom maybe returning the favor maybe a couple of raptors <laughs> rookies
1: that's fine. Far- all of this is just a lie yeah like,
2: the whole thing is a lie <laughs>
1: Uh, which rookie is the best playmaker? Chris Dunn won that. Ben Simmons got second. I think that makes sense. I
2: think Ben Simmons is easily the best playmaker. That's crazy to me.
1: Yeah. Uh, which rookie is the funniest? Chris Dunn also won that. These so, guys
2: love Chris Dunn. <laughs> they,
1: they love him on the court. They
2: love him. Off I talked the court. to Chris Dunn. I didn't think <laughs> you didn't he was think that he was funny. funny. No. I mean, he wasn't not funny. I didn't think he was that funny though. Uh,
1: your top five, by the way: Diamond Stone, Denzel Valentine, Bryce Johnson, Torian Prince. Have you talked to anybody else in that? And
2: three of those uh, four guys have. Fun- phenomenal names That's Bryce true. johnson really boring name
1: in fact evita zubac who got sixth uh yeah also has a tremendous name yeah uh he's funny there are a lot of votes here that for <laughs> uh, i mean thon maker timothy luau buddy healed everyone i don't know that i one. ever
2: heard thon maker talk oh uh, he's, he's great yeah
1: like, when he came oh yeah he did come here right when he came here he was i, I don't know I how funny he was but he was really kind of okay. insightful and, and fun to talk to so All right. i i'm i'm in on thon makers as a Potentially I tend person. to think
2: that teenagers have nothing interesting to say. No, usually and he's a teenager, so
1: sure. But many of these people are <laughs> right? like, Chris Dunn's Chris, like
2: thirty-five years old, so
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's he's gained further humor <laughs> experience just by being an older
2: person. Yeah, which they is, love him. Just it's weird. weird.
1: Uh, and then they were asked, "What will be the biggest adjustment for you playing in the NBA? Speed, pace of the game?" Won that. Um, Players also answered the downtime and being on my own, so that's a yeah bit scary for those guys. That's
2: probably Thon Maker, right? Maybe he's like fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, or
1: thirty. Right, or thirty,
2: <laughs> depending on know. what report you believe.
1: Uh, it could be either. And then finally, they were asked who their favorite player in the league is, and Kevin Durant won that with twenty nine percent of the votes. Only one person voted for Steph Curry. Did didn't someone vote for Kobe? uh yeah okay 6.3 percent
2: rookies are stupid did
1: they uh, yeah Yeah, Kevin Kevin Durant makes sense I I guess that yeah Kevin Garnett was also voted for who's still in the league technically
2: Chris Dunn probably did that out of fear of his life (laughs) I think that's what that was um yeah Kevin Durant makes sense right like he's kind of the the star that a lot of these guys have grown up with I don't know how many guys love LeBron James um Steph Curry would probably have come around too late Mellow,
1: LeBron, and Westbrook were tied for second place.
2: Yeah, pe- guys love Mellow. Yeah. The only people who don't like Mellow is basketball are, Twitter, right? Uh, <laughs> people who write about basketball.
1: Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. On the other side, we're going to do a quick in or out segment on the new Jazz visual changes, the courts, the logos, the sleeve jerseys, with more next on the Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700. Mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm, baby.
0: You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: All right, welcome back into the show. Andy Larson, Zach Harper with you. So it turns out we only have a few minutes for this segment since we went so long on the last one right. with Dan and, and you know, whatever we were talking about last time. <laughs> the, the rookies. So Stupid rookies. Uh, uh, instead of going into in or out, we'll save that for the next segment so we have more time to talk about it. And in lieu of that, we will answer one of your questions on Twitter. Uh, this one comes from Daniel at Daniel Allen Mann. Have you guys ever looked into teams' performances having made big point differential improvements? Just wondering if there are any trends from that because the Jazz have improved 9.0 points over the last two years. And that's a really good point, Like, right? The Jazz are a lot better than they were two seasons ago, certainly, when they right. won no games. And, right. <laughs> I, you know, that's that's an exaggeration, but not, not much. Uh, 25 games, to be exact. But you also see that in their win total as is, Right, going from twenty five to forty wins. That's a, I Do mean, that's you, a
2: big jump, right? Like I think some people expect like, hey, you draft all these young guys, you have this building culture, like, yeah, of course you should be fifteen wins better two years ago. But it that doesn't always happen. Like the Orlando Magic have been rebuilding for four years and they've only improved like eight wins or something like that, right?
1: right? There are there are a number of teams that got to this kind of mediocre point yeah. and then didn't take the next leap necessarily right. of getting to 56 wins in your uh, or 65 or i can't <laughs> decide it's somewhere in that range <laughs> so i mean i don't know that the jazz having improved by nine points over the last two years is uh, indicative that they're going to necessarily make a jump next year i think what does is that they have more talent on the floor next year
2: right exactly and, I, and that's part of that's like the big part of it right and this kind of reminds me of the timberwolves from 2010 to 2014 essentially of like well they got Kevin Love became a star and then Ricky Rubio came over and he was pretty good and they started like putting real pieces together and then their point differential was really good except they couldn't turn that into enough wins. Right. Like they, they really struggled in 2013-14 to, to win close games and then it all kind of fell apart and they rebuilt rebuilt again, that probably happens more often than the guys, the teams that just keep building.
1: And I think what is in the Jazz's favor is rather than counting on the improvement of some of these young guys, which I think they they want, but they also have added extra pieces that I don't know that the Wolves ever did.
2: Right, the the Wolves tried with like Andre Karolinko, They, they signed... Nick that's Batum true. to a you know Good, to right. a restricted free agent contract and, and it got matched or whatever like they tried but they they didn't have the I mean it was David Kahn like they didn't have the foresight of what Dennis Lindsay and Quinn Snyder been able to put together on and off the court
1: nor quite frankly the patience I think is right something that's all David Kahn loves. and the
2: patience huge
1: <laughs> all right we got to take a break on the other side the in or out segment as promised plus we'll talk more about Derek Favors extension and uh death lineups around the league next on Salt City Hoop Show ESPN 700
0: dream trades uniforms and everything else the nba can throw at us are you in or are you out we'll decide now on salt city hoops
1: all right welcome back into the second hour of the salt city hoops show andy Larson, zach harper joining you i'm the managing editor of saltcityhoops.com zach is the national nba sports columnist writer analyst whatever
2: cbssports.com sports yeller
1: sports yeller yeah professional professional sports sport, sure yeah uh which is which is good
2: which is amazing
1: (laughs) (laughs) what a crazy world we i mean we were talking about that during the
2: break like it is crazy that we have jobs there's literally no reason for anyone to pay me (laughs) just none for any job i have no skills
1: like do we send this to our employers like we shouldn't let them know this we're saying this a little bit too publicly i try
2: to not let my employers know that i exist I do feel oh, okay. a little bit like Milton in office space where like they're going to be like, that
1: guy's still here? So long as they like, forget that you're on their balance sheet or whatever. Right, yeah, that's forget. all I need.
2: Makes sense. Just as long as the rent keeps getting paid. That's all I need.
1: Well, uh, speaking of people who are doing good jobs, uh, the Jazz have made some visual changes they have. to this upcoming season. And uh, with the logo, the practice facility, the court, the jerseys, there's a sleeve jersey. I want to know whether or not you're in or out on all of these. Um, we talked about them a little bit before, but now we're starting to see them yeah. in action, in person, uh, in photos. <laughs>
2: right. I saw, I saw the court in NBA 2K17. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Look great. That's good in video uh, game form, let's start with the court, then. okay, so uh,
1: the court was just revealed it's now got the ball in the middle of the court rather yeah. than the full jazz word uh word mark, if you will, right, the paint is now the key is now blue instead of green, yeah, uh, the words on the outside are in a new and different jazz font that they made um are you in or out on the court?
2: I'm in on everything except the middle,
1: yeah, me too, that's exactly how I feel, yeah.
2: Uh, I like everything except the middle. Here's why I like jazz going across the middle of the floor is because I want, I like it when someone like Steph Curry goes, I'm going to shoot from the Z, right? Yeah. like mean, I
1: like that first Z or second Z
2: doesn't matter to shoot Z's. from either of them. Um, I, I like it when there is kind of that marker. So like I get okay. the, the simplicity of the, just the basketball, the tricolored basketball in the middle of the floor. It looks good. I prefer more.
1: Yeah, I, I prefer more to I like have I liked having yeah. the jazz. Work but I love there. everything else about um, that court. It's great. The notes on either side are kind of cool. Yeah, I like how light it is.
2: Yeah. Coloring's uh, great on it.
1: Yeah. So in general, I'm in like,
2: yeah, overall, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, like a little more pizzazz for the jazz at midcourt. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The, I, I don't know. Like,
2: Unfortunate rhymes there, but that's <laughs> that's what I came up with. <laughs>
1: Uh, by the way, with the new arena renovations happening next year, we should see a lot more changes to the arena itself. So yeah. we'll see, we'll do an in or out segment on that when they're revealed at the end of next year.
2: I have a, I have a scoop. What's your scoop? Convertible. They're going to turn into a, a roofless. <laughs> you can take the roof on or off.
1: We've talked about outdoor basketball. Yeah. Um,
2: I, this isn't actually true, but I like it. Someone should do it. It's like Miller park in Milwaukee or the, the Diamondbacks Stadium in Phoenix? It probably
1: makes more sense to not do it in Salt Lake because... You Snow's kind of a problem, right. Right. But, you know...
2: But for summer hoops? Yeah. For summer league? Ooh. Oh, now... Outdoor
1: summer league... That's, that's getting a lot more Ms. Miller, teams, maybe probably. hit me up.
2: I got some ideas <laughs> for this this arena of yours. That much,
1: that much is clear. Yeah. yeah. They still haven't done the things yet. So right. changes are, uh, it's still time to draw still, some stuff yeah, up. Send in your ideas to <laughs> at Gail Miller. That's not her Twitter. That's, not, that's not. You just
2: <laughs> flooded someone's inbox.
1: Do you like, do you like the l- new logo? Are you in or out on that? Uh, I love it yeah i I mean i'm 100 percent in on the old mountain logo i'm out on especially in those colors like it was fine i guess in the mid 90s for what the mid 90s were as like a style uh it was ridiculous with the colors that it was in last year um and now that it's gone and the jazz note is actually the primary logo it's good yeah i'm not like the utah jazz circle i could take or leave i like it um, yeah i'm in on that fine yeah You're, uh, okay i i wish they could have done something more visually distinctive or had like uh uh i don't know famous utah dribbling a basketball like benjamin franklin and the 76ers sure but <laughs> you know you can't always get what you want
2: right why isn't john stockton the mascot
1: yeah that's a great question he yeah. should be the team's logo right jerry west style <laughs> right, exactly <laughs>
2: just his giant hands like you know, making a bird or something. I guess Wait. then they have to be like the jazz birds or something. You know, songbirds. Making a bird. Wait, I. I still you know, am like confused. doing like a hand motion with oh, the birds. Okay. Not like, like <laughs> flip. No, not like a middle finger. Yeah, that was no. Confusing. That would be. That's not a family-friendly environment. <laughs> that's,
1: that's not what you want. No. to get people to come to your place at all. Uh They also redid the practice facility. Yeah, and it's very nice. It's mostly blue now. Right. Uh, it's got lines all the way across. It, it looks a lot nicer. You should check out these photos on at Utah Jazz.
2: Yeah, haven't been yet, but. Photos are great. I'm in on that.
1: Yeah, I saw that they. I saw when they were redoing it, and they asked me to keep that quiet, and so I did because I'm I'm a good little boy. But
2: you should have you should let it fly. Well, I would have aggregated on (laughs) CBSsports.com. It would have been big news.
1: The practice facility is changing. It
2: would have trended on Facebook. Probably not. All right. Well, (laughs) that's only happening maybe locally. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I didn't get that scoop. I'm sorry, everyone. Next time. Uh, Next time
2: they they renovate the practice facility.
1: Instead, I got a great jazz dance article that's right. still causing so many problems. <laughs> right.
2: you still it's most funny. hated man in jazz dancing.
1: <laughs> wah, wah. Uh The New Jerseys. They're starting to show these in, like, we're seeing, like, Shelvin Mack and Gordon Hayward yeah. and Derek Favors wear these in these, these interviews that are coming out.
2: We're talking the basic, like... Yeah, just the right.
1: ones with sand sleeves.
2: Right. I'm in on these. Yeah, I'm very much in on these.
1: And setting this up for how way you feel about out the sleeve on jerseys.
2: sleeve jerseys, way out on these Any sleeve, sleeve jerseys
1: or the jazz. The ones The majority
2: of them, especially the jazz ones. What is it? It's like the pride or yeah. whatever. It's a throwback to like stuff in the 80s. No, it died in the 80s for a reason. Those jerseys are horrendous. I'm way out.
1: I uh, see. I I love how horrendous they are.
2: No, they're not even fun. Horrendous. Like this isn't like the the. The Washington Wizards gold jerseys, right? Where they're so ugly that they're lovable. Like these aren't lovable. I think they're.
1: I think they're further ugly than the Warriors gold ones. Like I think they are. I think they are so lovable that you have to love them.
2: I disagree. And the sleeves <laughs> look awful. And the lines are I'm, bad. And
1: yeah, in general, I'm out on sleeve jerseys. Uh, yeah. Okay. Agreed. The
2: line. Uh, I'm happy that Nike's taken it. We're never going to see a sleeve jersey again with Nike. You don't Nike. think so? Nike's not going to do that. I they're mean, not gonna I'm do. It. They're not gonna do it because Adidas did it. That's okay. my. I mean, that's just me guessing. So but then,
1: what's the crazy Nike thing? Because, like, I mean, look at Oregon onesies uniforms for example. Onesies. Wow. Yeah. That's. that's There's always a problem.
2: There's a problem with referees getting guys to tuck jerseys in. That's true. If it's a onesie, it's already tucked in. That's You're essentially like a unitard for wrestling, right?
1: Or yeah, I could say it I mean, they've already melded the boot, the shoe, and the sock together. Yeah.
2: Apparently, they're very comfortable. Are they? I haven't tried them, but
1: uh nike if you would like to send free shoes to us i'm a size 12 i
2: do like the kevin durant shoe line so yeah
1: make it happen i mean we we play basketball right um you more often than me (laughs) but regardless uh yeah okay so that's our uh, i was i think i was in on everything that's that's way too positive of me uh
2: yeah i was in on everything but the sleeve those sleeve sleeve jerseys gotta go you might have convinced me
1: i i love who's gonna
2: buy one of those no one's gonna buy those When's the last Crazy time people I've seen three sleeve jerseys in my life? How long have they been around? Four years. Yeah, oh, you mean on a person just on a regular person
1: you've seen. I saw
2: one. It was a Draymond green Jersey outside of Oracle arena during the playoffs as a man was walking his, uh, I don't know, six, seven year old daughter towards the arena. And he was also drinking out of a small bottle of Hennessy. Okay,
1: so that's, that's the one kind of person that you're, <laughs> you're being like. If you, if you, yeah, if you have right. the jerseys, I think ultimately they went to halfsies on it. Like, I I don't mind jersey t shirts, right? No, like, jerseys are great. Those are fine. Yeah. Uh, I wish they were kind of honestly more soccer y. Like, if they were soccer I agree material that, yeah. and longer sleeves and like you could that. wear them places. Yeah. Wearing soccer jerseys around is kind of cool, right? It's it's in and what the hipsters. So oh, people are doing let now. Mark
2: Cuban get away with wearing that football Mavs jersey for a while. Like yeah. you could you could easily get away with a soccer style kit for basketball yeah, jerseys. Yeah, I think that's
1: just the direction they should have gone. And and you know maybe you don't have to have the players wear them. That's fine. All right,
2: maybe Nike doesn't go onesie. Maybe they go with the soccer style.
1: And if so, then they win. Then right, they they, they the end up winning. I no like Adidas a lot. Like I wear Adidas shoes yeah. and I like their soccer stuff a lot.
2: I have to say. I wore the Derrick Rose shoes for a while, mm-hmm. like Derrick Rose 5s or something like that because um, they, they gave them to me at, at an all-star weekend. Uh, gave me a bunion. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which that's a, that's a was, negative review. Technically a bunionette, so is uh, which how- is on the outside of the foot as opposed to the inside of the foot. Really? Yeah. And then I stopped wearing them and it stopped hurting.
1: I mean, I, I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. And I think you have to point to that as to why Derrick Rose's career has, has gone downhill.
2: Look, my knees aren't great in the first place. I can't risk it any further. <laughs> uh, that's we're going to get killed by like whoever runs the Derek Rose shoe company.
1: Uh Yeah, I, I like Adidas stuff in general. Um I like like the Utah Jazz basketball shirts, you know, the, yeah, the team like gear. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I love those. Yeah. Uh and I'm a little bit worried about how that will change when when Nike takes over cuz sure. I do think they sometimes go a little bit crazy on stuff they don't care Yeah, about. I don't
2: want like a University of Oregon style overhaul like, yeah. we don't need that so i don't want neon involved
1: right that's yeah like neon. please and they do go that. like
2: heavy neon stuff on shoes and, yeah. and socks and or like the
1: though. again going back to soccer quickly but yeah. the women's national team in the right. world cup last year with green like green neon green is not an american color no
2: unless unless i need to be aware of a line in a book later on in life that's the only time you need that color just highlighter green. That's the only time you need it.
1: <laughs> if you're going back and checking it. Okay, right. that's fair. Uh, Clint first of all tweets us and says Gail Miller has 22 followers, zero or 22 people following, zero followers, and her tweets are protected. So, oh, uh, okay. Follow Gail Miller and you'll be the first person. <laughs> yes, oh. so <laughs> sure. And uh, also asks, as a jazz fan who used to make donut jokes about Boris Dio on Daily um, Daily Dime Live. Yeah, right? it's that off limits now.
2: It depends on how he comes into sh- into camp, right? Yeah, I, how, I, how in shape he is. Uh,
1: we've seen photos of him on his. He's literally driving to Salt Lake City. Yeah, he's got to drive his stuff. Uh, yeah, Moi Mo- NBA- Turiaf was with him, right? Yes, <laughs> most NBA players would pay someone to do that, right? I don't know. He's a man of the world. He's an international Absolutely. man of mysteries. I'm not. I'm. i am i am i I'm adoring that Borussia. Was yeah, doing this. he was in a
2: health commercial where he danced in a hotel room in his underwear. Like, it's really? A, yeah, something. Or I, I, I might—that might was be, a dream you had. <laughs> I, I, I might just be remembering this whole thing wrong. But there's definitely some kind of GIF out there that I made of him dancing in a hotel room.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I mean, but yeah, I, I love that he is—he's hiking basically. Is he can't be a donut person and a hiker, right? There are no. Ah, uh, no,
2: no. There are plenty of fat, no. fat hikers. Yeah. Okay. If I go hiking, it's not gonna. I'm not shedding sixty pounds all of a sudden or whatever. How many donuts do you eat? A lot? No, I. I, I haven't had. A, I don't really eat donuts anymore. Yeah. I. I don't know if there are any good donut places here. I mean, there are. And
1: if you are a donut I'm, place. I'm out
2: on Dunkin' Donuts unless they want to sponsor us. They're like, yeah. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts sucks. Yeah. I, unless they sponsor like us, and they're Dunkin great. Donuts here. Right. There's, I just know I've I've driven by it. That's the only like, place I can think of.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are those like. uh specialty donut shops where you can get okay, all I'm sorts in. of fancy stuff all right
2: i'm in on that um okay. i love a good i was in la and a couple of friends are very into gourmet donut places and yeah. so i'm into the gourmet donut
1: yeah there are a couple in sugar i mean we you stop by my house all and right we can we can go to we'll, the go, place. we'll Actually, go right after go, this show let's let's go <laughs> like anywhere else <laughs> okay uh, the donut places are probably closed at 8 14 yeah. 9 not whenever, if you have a crowbar uh Jonathan Charks, who I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his last name right, Charks, yeah, uh, but did a article on death lineups around the NBA, right. and you know that's kind of a thing now since the Golden State Warriors made it one with their death lineup, right? A small lineup with Draymond Green at center, and he's kind of wondering, you know, what are the other death lineups in the NBA that could potentially stop or be stop that lineup and or be so effective against that lineup that it's also a death lineup, right? um and he came up one with for the jazz but uh, you told me before the show that you're out on death lineups in general
2: i kind of think it's a fad what, um, what do you mean?
1: like good lineups can't be a
2: fad right i think that they're different right now like here people kind of thought like three-point shooting would become a fad right and that's crazy because that's always going to be math right? right like three points are always going to be more than two points no and that's, yeah no matter what so there's just a level of math there that you can't get past Whereas the math with death lineups is that everything's faster, right? Like you can, you don't have to give up too much defensively and you can be so much faster offensively and that leads to more points and all this mm. stuff. I really think that that is going to be solved in the next couple of years. Not that some of those lineups still won't be effective. I think size is the is the kill of the death lineup. And I think teams like... Interesting. I think teams like the Jazz where they have size or teams like uh, even Memphis for for a short time, like I think they had the size to to make that kind of go away. And I think that that will be, like, you need competent big men. You can't just have, like, Aaron Gray out there, right? Like, you right. need you need guys who are good, but I think that cutting off the court eliminates that speed.
1: I also think there's something to be said for having your five best players on the floor, which
2: I think is the death lineup are pretty close, right? Right, like, yeah.
1: Having... Uh, I guess I'm talking about
2: who, the small ball death lineup as like, yeah, oh, okay. now everyone needs one. I don't agree. Like I think teams need size to cut off those death lineups, and I think that is a coaching, uh, you know, advantage that comes up in the next couple of years because coaches like the whole seven seconds or less thing was this mind blowing thing, right? Well, now mm-hmm. everyone kind of does seven seconds or less, and everyone knows how to defend it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that's one of the things, except for the Rockets. Right, exactly. uh, right. <laughs> That's one of the things that uh, people are saying why the Jazz could be a real trouble for the Golden State Warriors is because they do have the size yeah. at, at all these different positions and can play it. So, in you know, Jonathan wrote about the. Jazz's death lineup so Dante Exum Alec Burks Rodney Hood Gordon Hayward and Trey Lyles uh, you know a a small lineup certainly but I don't think that's the best one against the Warriors death lineup nor do I think that's the best lineup for the Jazz as a
2: whole right I agree with that and I think that you know if we're going to look at other teams like is the best case scenario for the Minnesota Timberwolves that Andrew Wiggins can play stretch four? no that's great like the best case scenario for them is that they either get a power forward to put next to Carl Anthony Towns who was who is good or like Gorgie Jang can develop. And then you have two big guys who can protect the rim, hit jumpers like that's, it's versatility and you yeah. don't always have the versatility with these small ball death lineups. Is my point. Whereas how you take that away is by just being bigger than everyone, cutting off the court, protecting the rim in a way that doesn't compromise your defense. And then the perimeter defenders can be much more aggressive and that's the yeah. thing is like having that cohesiveness it's easier with a bigger lineup i think
1: yeah i agree i think that versatility um amongst players i think is easier with a small smaller lineup
2: now but i don't i don't, don't necessarily i don't necessarily that's think that's going forward
1: i think that is uh, with a few exceptions, like if you put Carl Anthony Towns out there or Anthony Davis, right. you know some of these guys, big men who can do anything, right? right? then I think you have that versatility guys who can really pass, except I guess Anthony Davis can't, but right. regardless. <laughs> uh, guys who really make a lineup work together. Yeah. And that's really what the Warriors lineup is to me, and that's why it's more successful is, is that versatility and being able to, everybody on, on the court can pass and find the yeah, open It man. also
2: and, helps that they have the two greatest three-point shooters of all sure, time, right? Like, I mean, that's the thing is that, trying to find ways to replicate the Warriors by going with these things. Like, I've had... A couple executives tell me, like, kind of laughing, like, the reason this works is because of Curry and Clay. Yeah. It's not like Draymond's great and everything, and like Andre Goodall is awesome, and Harrison Barnes was good in his role. And now they've replaced him, with Kevin Durant, and oh my god, like that's gonna be <laughs> like, work. it's not that the it's not that the Warriors are gonna be this fad that fades away. They're talented. They have yeah. incredible talent. It's that everyone else trying to match them is missing the point of you don't have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to shoot threes, which creates the spacing problem.
1: Which, by the way, like Joe Lacob's like arrogance basically about how the warriors are smarter than everybody else right. is is nonsense because they're just better than everybody else it's yeah not that's literally a smarter thing
2: yeah no they, i mean there's some there's some fortune in how things to, like we talked about earlier with like the timing of everything of contracts like there was some fortune in that yeah they took advantage they were smart enough to take advantage of it but a lot of it is is kind of like taking advantage of random moments throughout your building process that's right. what it is like and it, they
1: made most of the right decisions, certainly. Yeah, for I, sure. I don't know that like their current operating scheme is
2: why they're like, the best. Bob team. Myers is super smart, right? Yeah. Like uh Kirk Lake, Lacob, Joe Lake's son mm-hmm. is very good. Like Jerry West is an intelligent guy when it comes to building a basketball. Team. Like they have smart guys who come together and make things. So do a lot of front offices, yeah. right? Like that's really the thing.
1: Yeah, I, I think they they didn't make mistakes with those hires. Which yeah, exactly. A, you know, a lot of teams do right, and, and you know, trips them up. The Kings, Lakers, you know, yeah. severals
2: so the... for almost ever. I mean, maybe right. maybe, maybe Tom Fi- maybe Tom Thibodeau has figured it out, but I don't know. Like,
1: and you know, even if he has figured out, maybe the rest of the organization. Yeah, has it do,
2: it. yeah, it doesn't matter if you don't have a cohesive. Like that's the thing about the Warriors is they're cohesive as an organization. Yeah, like the Mavericks are cohesive as as, as an organization. They just won a title and then couldn't figure out the next step of how to extend that, right?
1: right. Which kind of made sense given the pieces that they have. Yeah, had. absolutely. Like, I, I don't like, really blame them yeah. for the decisions they've made. Right. Even if they haven't even worked are the out Heat, at
2: all. Are the Heat the smartest organization in 2010 because they got LeBron James or did they just no, take advantage of a situation where he wanted to go to Miami? They were in a nice place. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, they have, good, they have cool weather. Pat good, but like... Yeah, like, but that's... It's not always that simple of like, yeah, we're smart. Right. Mark Cuban and, and Donnie Nelson are two of the smartest guys in the league. Yeah it doesn't always work
1: what do you make of jonathan of that lineup i specifically read out axon burks hood hayward or lyles I, to me i don't even know if that's a good lineup for the jazz i i think it's pretty weak defensively
2: yeah i'm not yeah i guess it depends on what you think trey lyles is going to be moving forward right right and especially on the defensive end um to me like george hill uh dante exum kind of actualized as a as a real thing right like uh Hood, Hayward, Gobert, or Favors. Yeah, to me, that's a much better lineup.
1: Yeah, I, I think, and maybe the Favors one is more versatile. I think. Yeah, for sure. You, you, you can do more with it, yeah. you know. And Trey Lyles is, it's, he's got a tremendous skill set. Don't get me wrong. I feel like I hate on Trey Lyles <laughs> just because everyone is uh, else is so pro Trey Lyles. Yeah. Maybe Jonathan Charks more than anybody else, uh, other than David Locke, So I'll make <laughs> that shout out <laughs> so he doesn't beat me again. Uh, but you know, that being said, I think we're kind of sometimes we even overlook how good Derek Favors still is and how many different skills yeah
2: like I'm to be honest like I've never been this huge Derek Favors guy but he's he's really good right like I mean he's I don't know that he's this borderline all-star like a lot of people have assumed he is for years but he's still like if he's your second or third best player on a team like that's That's pretty fortunate. Like, he's good on both ends, like, really good on both ends of the floor.
1: Yeah, I I think he, and I do think Derek Favors is who he is at this point. Um, Yeah,
2: I don't know that he's going to improve all that much, but even if he's this guy for the next six years, that's an excellent player.
1: That actually goes back to our point. Earlier where you know, earlier yesterday he tweeted out decisions, decisions, decisions. Yeah. Maybe in reference to a sweet potato fry versus regular fry decision. Right. Or maybe in well, reference to getting sixty five million dollars an hour later. Ketchup v fry sauce. Well that's that's an easy decision. I don't know. Not everyone feels that way. Everyone has a preference though. If you ask ketchup or fry sauce to anybody, I think it, they I think have it, an answer I for think you it right now. No one tweets on that.
2: I think it depends on the French fry. Really? Yeah, you're not going fry sauce with garlic fries.
1: I I am. Why not? I think you're wrong.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sweet potato fry, you're going fry sauce. Oh, okay. Criscut cut fry, you're going fry sauce. But I think just a regular potato wedge, I think you're going. I you're going ketchup.
1: I don't know. I, I I'm just very pro fry sauce. I'm uh, in, I, look. I'm in on fry sauce, but I don't think it goes how's that with every not a fry. Thing nationally, by the way.
2: I think it is. I think they just don't call it fry sauce. Uh, do they have it in Miami? I mean, I'm sure someone's put together sure, mayo absolutely. and ketchup, right? Like I, yeah. Like, I know I had it in Minnesota for sure. Okay. But,
1: it, but it's not a thing like it is here.
2: Miami, they're they're having Cuban coffees, <laughs> which are <laughs> amazing. That is something I miss. Okay. The Cuban coffees. I'm just Another level of, of coffee-ness.
1: Pro-import-export. You know, we need to get Cuban um, coffee it, in yeah. Salt Lake, and we need fry and, sauce in Miami. And
2: plantains. Really? Plantains are... Get I've out of here with your bananas. Get out with bananas. Bananas are trash. Also, they give me heartburn. <laughs> plantains, though. Oh, you're in. Yeah.
1: I, I yeah. I've never had a plantain. can. We-
2: Plant plantains <laughs> are the death lineup. That is not a fad. That's what I would say. <laughs> we need a plantain. sponsor yeah. I don't for know. This there's, show. I don't know. There's much better than than uh, a Cuban breakfast. That's what I'll say.
1: Okay. Yeah. Here's a question. Another one from Clint. Uh, a hoops habit article said the Jazz are the biggest threat to the Warriors this year. Where are the Spurs at now is what Clint said. And yeah, I think the Spurs yeah, I think continue this, to exist, like I think the but.
2: Jazz are a threat. I honestly don't think they there really are threats yeah. to, the, to the Warriors, right? Like, right. this is all about the Warriors. It's not about whoever faces
1: them. Yeah, everyone talks about rankings, right? Like, yeah. And sure, you know, let's say the best case of Jazz or second seed in the West.
2: Right, 65 wins will get you the second seed most <laughs> years.
1: <laughs> and yet there's still 20 wins between them and the Warriors. Right, exactly. like, somehow the Warriors are going to win 85. Right, But like in some sense, that that gap matters much more than Jazz number two, Warriors number one, you know?
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree that with that. Makes, it makes it seem And the Spurs, And the Spurs are still much better than the Jazz, yeah. and that's not a knock on the Jazz. The Spurs are awesome. Spurs are really... Uh, they right. had,
1: like, the best defense in league history last year, guys. Yeah. And, anyway. Don't forget how... Breaking
2: news. Are. Greg Popovich, good at his job.
1: <laughs> Borostio, fantastic defender. Right. Comes good traveler.
2: Good. Maybe not a good camp in shape beer make sure every yeah
1: make sure everyone is following Borisio i mean i guess if he's coming to salt lake the jazz are playing five on five tomorrow uh yeah. presumably boris will be there i don't know but it's i if everyone else is maybe he has the peer pressure to be there sure uh maybe he has a whole month to get ready for camp I, right all
2: right you just went on this like restaurant kick for the month of yeah, yeah august yeah. right i wrote an
1: article today for is, ksl.com is about there enough it. is there enough
2: fine food in this city to satiate Boris Diaw's eclectic tastes?
1: I suspect no.
2: Okay. Where, like, where are you sending him for the best meal he can have, knowing that he is this French cuisine Ugh. lover? See...
1: And, and it so doesn't I, have to be French cuisine. I'm that's just, What's the thing. The... I don't send him anywhere French or anywhere, like, yeah, he might have right. an idea. Yeah, you, you don't want to offend him. You have to give him, like chungas and be like this is <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> except he lived in san antonio so you can't like i do it's
2: the best mexican food i don't know i lived in san diego i lived in in miami chungas is pretty good you're pro chungas yeah, okay, yeah pro chungas
1: I, I yeah maybe also, if will, chungas. also if they want
2: also if they want to sponsor this show <laughs> that would be amazing or get into a bidding war with free birds we get lunch from both
1: i think we can, we have like multiple ad spaces on the yeah. show we can do both
2: we can eat free birds in the first segment and chungas to end the the show
1: all right we got to take a break (laughs) for our regrettably non chungas and Freebirds sponsors uh coming up after this we're going around the nba talking about all the latest news and notes from around the association that's next on the salt city hoop show on espn 700
0: we're scanning the league from coast to coast this is around the nba on salt city hoops on espn 700
1: All right, welcome into the around the NBA segment. Andy Larson, Zach Harper, coming at you. The Hall of Fame uh, entry ceremony is today, and we've we've got a uh, or sorry, Friday night. Yes. Yeah. So tomorrow night uh, they've come together today for a press conference and interview session. They have the, have the whole dinner thing is Hall of Fame dinner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but today or tomorrow is the main ceremony. Uh, we've got Hall of Fame entries. Uh, Allen Iverson. Agree. Shaquille O'Neal. In. Probably makes sense. Yao Ming. In. Uh, yeah, absolutely. David Aldridge.
2: 100% in. Cheryl Swoops. In, absolutely. Tom Izzo.
1: In. Uh, <laughs> are there anybody on this list that you're not going to be in on? No. Some Beatty I mean, John McClendon. Daryl uh Jerry Reinsdorf maybe out. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't
2: care that I much. I think he's connected to Jordan enough. He should probably be in
1: uh jordan is not introducing him by the way he's being presented by phil jackson and scotty pippen
2: oh there you go so too many tough contract negotiations yeah. <laughs> uh one, one too many times uh the first time i met david aldridge i knocked his microphone out of his hand trying okay. to shake his hand you just uh, just not intentionally right but like just went and went to oh. uh, i got overzealous with the handshake and knocked his microphone to the ground he, he was still very nice to me good like, yeah uh,
1: everyone talks about how nice he is i i haven't had the pleasure the best dude uh yeah. but you can like he's one of those people you can tell is really nice just through his writing right yeah. like and, and maybe tv personality right but yeah none
2: of like everything you see on tv none of it's fake like he's just that good of a person that nice of a person that affable everything yeah he's great
1: um jay Adonde is like that too also amazing yeah I don't know why he came to mind i because well, i had the chance to meet him this year oh
2: there you go there okay
1: uh other news around the NBA: Lauren Holiday, the U.S. women's so- soccer star, uh, w- wife of Drew Holiday, will have brain surgery six weeks after she gives birth to the couple's first child this month. Uh, that means Drew will miss time to help her recover. Yeah. So Drew Holiday out for a indeterminate period of time yeah. as he helps his wife. Uh, Lauren Holiday used to be Lauren Cheney, fantastic soccer player, by the way. That's just my.
2: I'm I'm pro Lauren Holiday. I'm anti-brain tumors.
1: Yes. Good good call. Yeah, it's good. It's
2: not a real tough stance to we take. We
1: won't accept any sponsorship payments <laughs> from brain tumors. Right, we will not.
2: We're out on those. Uh,
1: San Antonio added a third Argentine to the roster. Yeah. Nicholas La Lapro... Provitola. I like yeah.
2: it. He can play. I mean he's he's kind of a fiery guy. He got mad at a lot of US players over the last couple of times they've played each other. That's good. Um yeah, he's he's good.
1: Yeah. Uh and he gets to play with Man and, and uh, the other guy Garic- uh, the Patricio Garino. Garino, Garino, that's yeah. right. Uh, Masai Ujiri, Raptors GM, signed an extension with them.
2: Good move. Yep. I'm pro Masai person. Ujiri. He's very good at his job.
1: Uh, Denver letting him go was a big, bad thing. Funny
2: thing about that, like we were talking about like kind of luck or good timing or whatever. Yeah, like, they, I mean, he was really going to trade Kyle Lowry away and kind of got that That's team. Him. And then they just got good after they traded Rudy Gay. And he was like, all right, maybe I'll hold on this. And, you know, second best team in the East last year. Yeah, but he, he wanted the, to do a. Yeah, full he wanted rebuild. a full full rebuild.
1: Yeah, that that's that's a good point. Like, I wonder maybe okay, maybe he's yeah more lucky than good. But yeah. he also didn't do it. Maybe some other GMs would have forced their will, even yeah, even if
2: yeah, like no, this is my plan. Yeah, and he was he was adaptable. Good point.
1: Uh, details of the Derrick Rose gang rape case came out last week. Yeah. Uh, i I should we tell our listeners to go find it or not?
2: I don't recommend it. It's okay. it's not good stuff. Um, you know, there's still a lot has to come out and a lot and like he, like the whole process of trial and everything like is deserved but it just sounds it's not it's not stuff you want to read.
1: Yeah, it doesn't reflect well on Derrick Rose even if he is even if you just completely believe his side of the story right. right? Exactly. It's still it's not still, a good thing for him good. to have been yeah. involved in. Right. Uh Dwayne Wade's cousin was murdered, Donald right. Trump tweeted about it because that's where we are, sure. and uh, talked about it uh, and how it became a political topic. I mean, uh, how hard can that be, right? Like, how hard must it be right. for your cousin gets murdered and then Donald Trump is trying to make a political thing out of it? Yeah. Like, uh just not don't. good stuff uh, Kevin Seraphin signed a 2 year deal with the Patriots Pro Kevin Seraphin yeah. and then he
2: laid with like with a snakes. like 150 foot feet of snakes Who
1: does that
2: I actually I'm not saying I want to go do it but I'm I snakes don't bother me I'm not like don't put me in a tub of roaches though I'm not doing that
1: yeah i mean i i'm out on both <laughs> i don't want that like there's a moment in the, and maybe it's just one of those screenshots that lies about uh, how kevin seraphin was really feeling about this but he like looks at the snake head that's right next to him and he like it's like oh no what have i done
2: yeah uh, i mean I, th- I think you have to kind of figure like obviously stuff can go wrong in the animal kingdom at any point mm-hmm. but you got to think like they're people it's not like he found these snakes and laid down with them right like there are trained yeah, they professionals <laughs> there if one decided to choke him to death like i'm pretty sure they'd get him out
1: harambe <laughs> <laughs> i don't
2: know sure. how that's a counterpoint sure <laughs> <laughs> uh, killed by snakes harambe killed, <laughs> <laughs>
1: killed a kid nearly yeah that's not how it went down no. but oh well all right <laughs> uh we're just bouncing back and forth craig sager had his third bone marrow transplant last wednesday yeah. um so that's a good thing in that it's unprecedented that yeah is he the first a third, person to have i
2: mean i if he's not the first he's one of the first interesting like it's, it's uh it's hard enough for them to find one maybe two but a third one is really unprecedented
1: so that he's living this long is fantastic it's amazing yeah um that it, he's getting the transplant is great each uh, each
2: time he's had the first two times he had it, it sent his his cancer into remission for about a year each time. Okay. Um. So you know. Cool. That's hopefully this good news goes bears. even better. Uh. An anonymous donor gave him the gave him the marrow. That anonymous guy is really nice. Get on get on the get on register and get on the list if you can. Yeah. That's what uh, I'm saying.
1: Wife had come down with a bad cold, so she couldn't be there. So Charles Barkley came and yeah. actually flew in to be by his side, which is that really guy.
2: Cool. Craig Sager, I've never had the the pleasure of meeting him, but like everyone, like literally everybody loves him. Yeah, everyone who's come at, like no one has a bad story about him. A bad thing to say, he's a, he's a great guy.
1: Yeah, uh, Joffrey Laverne traded to the Thunder for second round picks. We kind of talked about him as a possible Jazz acquisition yeah. earlier in the year um, for a late first rounder, and now you know second round picks. Maybe I I thought he was worth more. Um, yeah, but it's. Crazy just how many big men the Thunder
2: have. Maybe the most annoying thing about him is that Basketball Reference has yet to put Kilometers Plumlee as his nickname. Who
1: do we have to talk to?
2: I don't know. Someone at Basketball Reference, but I've been on this for a year saying his nickname should be Kilometers Plumlee because he looks just like... Miles Pumley.
1: Yeah, last year we played the Nuggets and the Bucks back to back and right. saw Miles Pumley. You thought
2: it was the same person. Yeah. <laughs> they they look
1: the exact same. <laughs> we thought they just left him there. Right. <laughs> like, Well, I guess since he's in Salt Lake, yeah. you guys can play him.
2: Uh it don't even come to if, if you if you want to say, Oh, King Joffrey because the whole game is... no, stop. I mean it's kilometers plumber.
1: Many people on basketball reference have multiple nicknames.
2: Yeah. We can we can do both. I don't know. He's like seven feet tall. That kid was That's true. not he seven was, feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not a lot of seven foot tall kids out there. That's not in say. Game of Thrones. No, They're not are in Game of Thrones. small people, but not
1: that tall of people. How
2: tall do you think the giant is in Game of Thrones?
1: Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's exactly as tall as Kilometers Plum. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Someone said like 25 feet, and that seems crazy to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, is he? He's got to be CGI'd, right? Like, I, I, <laughs> right? No, they didn't find a twenty-five foot tall person.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Although man, I don't know what George Mirson's up to these days. It could be, it could be anything. It could still be growing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I sounded a little bit too incredulous. Uh, <laughs> look it up. Sure. Uh, Jonas Drevko bought an esports team, Renegades, and you know he's going to be making more money than all of us off this system yeah. because as as we've talked about, esports is the present. It's and the, the future. future.
2: Yeah, you should really get on board. I don't really know what I'm looking like. I've seen them play like Counter Strike and Street Fighter, and I, like I know Street Fighter. I don't really know the other stuff, but learn it and talk about it, and people will pay you money. I'm sure.
1: I mean, you went to go to the NBA 2K Studios last week. That's yeah. basically esports, right? It,
2: yeah i mean they have a turn they have a real tournament
1: it's not ea sports it's just e-sports right
2: no it's it's a it's a good basketball game <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's fair yeah <laughs> that's absolutely fair
1: uh moni davis everyone's cool favorite Little League pitcher is now yeah. focusing on basketball
2: smart not a lot of female professional baseball players right so
1: and good athlete so yeah i, I hope it works out uh and there's a Space Jam 2 update straight from LeBron's mouth it is that LeBron's getting weird on social media will by the way probably happen at some point point. in particular that he would love to do it
2: okay hopefully it's better than that trashy first version of Space Jam
1: yeah it, Space Jam is not a good movie it's awful that it is so iconic is like 89% due to its soundtrack
2: the other eleven percent is just nostalgia, and people haven't watched it since they were kids. Right, that's all it is. But the movie sucks.
1: I mean, there are a lot of movies I haven't seen since I was a kid that I don't have any thoughts. About.
2: You know what hold up Howard the Duck?
1: I it's creepier. It's duck. creepier <laughs> than
2: remember it as a kid because there's some. I don't know. It's not a sex scene, but there's some talk. Like there's some emotions between a uh, between a human woman and a duck that you don't. Uh, it's just that's that's, that's not the animal kingdom you want to be a part of no yeah no. but still a great movie <laughs> i don't know about great but watch that Good. and then listen to the how did it get how did this get made podcast hmm. where they talk about it okay great time
1: what's your uh, th- off topic real quick and we actually have to take break but what favorite podcast besides the ones you're in
2: <laughs> besides the ones I'm in, uh how did this get made this is my favorite podcast okay yeah it's cool. the best one cool all right use i just said use like use. <laughs> like i in the sopranos <laughs>
1: Uh it's probably this American life like That's very good yeah. Yeah. Um yeah it's just well done and it tells interesting stories right. anyway. That's all. And of course the Salt City Hoop show but you can listen to it as a podcast Download one. it on iTunes, Stitcher or saltcityhoops.com Leave or espn700sports.com. Yeah. Uh we got to take a break. On the other side we've got our final segment of the show next on the Salt City Hoop show ESPN700.
0: You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Ah, uh, the Phillips Arena safety video music theme song. Yeah.
1: It's a deep cut, as are most of our music selections for the last segment of the
2: show. The Phillips Arena did a blurred lines thing for their safety. Oh, really? Yeah. We need to find it. It wasn't good.
1: Oh, we don't need to find it. I
2: mean, it was fine. Like, the video was just annoying. I just find that song to be very annoying.
1: Blurred lines yeah. as, as a thing. Yeah. Okay, that's that's fair.
2: I'm glad the, the Marvin Gaye family won. That's what I'll say. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad they won that that lawsuit against uh, Robin Thicke. They did. That's, yeah.
1: That's like the first time that's ever happened. Right. But Marvin Gaye is way cooler than Robin Thicke.
2: Way cooler. Yeah, I
1: shouldn't have even uttered Robin that Robin Thicke's sentence that father
2: cool. cooler than Marvin Gaye's father.
1: Who's Robin Thicke's father? Alan Thicke. Oh, I... I didn't, I didn't. I might be making that up. up. I'm pretty sure that's I, correct. I didn't put that. I mean, yeah, we can Google it, but I'm sure. <laughs> I just, I just didn't know that. The Jazz made a signing this week. Yeah, they signed Quincy Ford. Sure. Uh, he is a basketball player. He played in in the summer leagues. Six eight two twenty five. Out of Northeastern. Yeah. Uh, he was not that good in summer league. He was fine. He was fine. Yeah, Yeah. he started some games and like played decent defense. But I'm kind of underwhelmed. I got to be honest. Like uh, everyone's talking about his his body, I guess, as as potentially NBA caliber, which I guess it is. Like he's a six eight two twenty five guy. That's Gordon Hayward for comparison. Is six eight two twenty six. So you know maybe it's that one pound that makes all the difference. I'm guessing that it's more that Quincy Ford doesn't really have the basketball skills. Uh, I mean he shot thirty percent in summer league this year. Thirty point eight percent.
2: You'd like it to be a little bit higher than that. Uh, um d- I, I don't know, like maybe fine. like he's probably a guy that they want for the stars.
1: Yo, for sure.
2: Yeah. And
1: I'm just saying like yeah, again, it's and this is so nitpicky because 'cause you're right. It's a guy who they want for the stars. Right uh however what is he he's 23 uh great question 24
2: 23 okay so so you can still develop into an nba player i guess
1: yeah maybe but that feels oldish yeah
2: i mean perry jones was in the nba and he sucked so it's hard (laughs) like i it there's no reason why quincy ford can't be in the nba other than potential lack of talent i don't know well perry jones had a contract Right, cuz he was good in college.
1: No, he wasn't. He was good
2: well, in high school. Yeah, he was I mean he was okay tall in, college. in college. Yeah, he was okay in college.
1: Yeah, I, I like you're right. I I I just I don't think good body is a good enough reason to to sign. No,
2: no. There are lots of professional athletes with good bodies that Basically I'm out on skills. Quincy Ford.
1: And if Quincy Ford comes back to bite me like I was out on Rodney Hood and that went incredibly poorly. Yeah, um,
2: I'm in on Rodney Hood. Yeah, uh, I am now. Well, I'm, you should have been from the start. I, I should have been. Uh, you should have been from the Mississippi State days. Uh,
1: I'm not that much of a hipster.
2: <laughs> I I don't know. Like Quincy Ford could be a guy I see like thrive in Europe, right? Why do you say that? Because I th- I think he I think he could fit into the European game of uh, being Psst. a good enough athlete with a big <laughs> enough body to. Be a really good forward,
1: but I don't think he has the skills to do well in the European game.
2: I think he could develop enough skills to be a a solid, solid European player in like the Spanish league, which is the yeah. second best league in the in the world. Like that's a that's a really good basketball.
1: Player. Yeah, if if and you know, props to him if he can. Yeah. I, I'm I think he's not that skill based, and I don't know if he gets it now that he's twenty three. Sure. But that's know, way jumper, more Quincy Ford talk than you've gotten anywhere else. Yeah,
2: his jumper looked fine to me. Like I think It's his jumper, fine. Yeah, it, his jumper's workable. It didn't go in, but the form's fine. Like, Yeah, I'm it, out. It can work.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You build up some it's fine. some
2: chemistry with Marcus Page and Tyrone Wallace, who I love. I'm really, in on Tyrone Wallace.
1: The stars just need to be good next season because the, the stampede have been kind of bad for the last couple of years. Yeah. I, I mean, and need, again, is a very relative it, term. I, of,
2: it's about developing top to bottom. Right organizational competency, right? right. Like that's, it, it doesn't ultimately matter, but it helps. Yeah.
1: We are getting a battle in our mentions, uh, about how good the Spurs are going to be and, uh, how good Pau Gasol is going to be. With one of the, one Greg of these Popovich people as
2: a coach, one of these people has a, has a protected account. So I'm only getting half of this conversation. Yeah, It's it's tricky, right? I'm out on protected accounts. Yeah, I get why they exist. Just unprotect. Just be who you are. Right.
1: Or alternative B create a anonymous account that has what you really feel but oh. without your name associated. Oh, like my hottest Quincy Ford takes are on that anonymous account. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just my anonymous account is,
2: it. is at network. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> Didn't
1: they? Grantland has his name out on articles. now. Yeah. Jason. Is, yeah. I mean, so he's a known he's, person. He's been on Ooh, HBO.
2: Right. Like he's, Ooh, I think no. it's okay to say his real name. <laughs> We know who he is. We've yeah. met him in person. Yeah, no, like, I've hung out with him yeah. a few times. He's great. <laughs>
1: uh, Loves corgis. Steve Phelps has an interesting point though in this in this argument. Like, how many teams did the Jazz get better than this season, this off
2: season? Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess quite a few.
1: I mean, so he's saying Memphis will be improved as healthy, but OKC fell back, but still, you can make a case as as competitive as the Jazz. Yeah, um, like I
2: mean, I don't know that I. Think they're going to win fifty six games like the Jazz, but I I do think the Thunder have a very good chance of being a top four team. Hmm. I think I re- I think they're good. I really do. Like I think this organization's put together a really good roster. It sucks they don't have Kevin Durant, but um, but I think they could. I think they could be super competitive.
1: What do you make of Billy Donovan as a coach? Because like was stellar in the playoffs. Yeah, that's the confusing and was thing, right? So confusing. Yeah. In, yeah. But I mean, also
2: like I think we judge first year coaches too harshly. That's right?
1: probably true. Like we did with Jason Kidd, certainly.
2: Yeah, we did with Jason. And Jason Kidd actually like was phenomenal the second half of that season hmm. as a coach.
1: I honestly didn't notice because uh, who was watching Nets games? Right.
2: Well, I mean, some people with nothing to do in right. life like myself. <laughs> no, I, I, but I, no, but like he was actually be. a really smart coach with like switching defenses and versatility and all this stuff and once you know certain injuries kind of forced his hand. And I think like because of that, some people just remember him from the drink thing. By the way, having some having to I play, I think that's a brilliant. I thought idea. it was brilliant <laughs> coaching. Yeah. It was great coaching to bottom a timeout. It fantastic. Time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think everyone expects first year coaches to be Steve Kerr, right? And not everyone gets to go coach the Warriors.
1: So Steve says the Jazz will split the series with Oklahoma City. The They'll be around forty five wins. Uh, I think the Jazz will be have more than forty five wins yeah. this season. Uh, I
2: think the, I think the Thunder could win fifty.
1: Yeah, I I I don't want to like give my official win prediction cuz we're going to do a whole like right. season preview show and that's going to be a great time to do that and if we do it now what what will we do in that show? Right but,
2: now you can know that I'm between 56 and 65 wins for next season.
1: <laughs> Since it is rivalry re- rivalry week, yeah. say that 5 times fast. Uh do you have a prediction for this week's game that you again did not know about yeah. was happening? Utah's but... better, right? Uh, they are favored by three points. Yeah. This is also the, the, the
2: station that is the home of the Utes. Give me the Utes. I'll lay the points. Okay. 15 point win. I don't know if that... That's a yeah, thing not. that could happen. Yeah, why not? 15 point win? Okay. Can I get a thumbs up, thumbs down from John?
1: That, John He's is throwing doing... up a
2: U or possibly two L's that I've lost twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you put that U too
1: close to your forehead, right. it starts to have different meanings.
2: You know what? Utes by 20.
1: I'm a Westminster guy. I think if Westminster took on the Utes, you know, fifty oh, point win. Okay. Probably not. They don't actually play football anymore. <laughs> right. They haven't since 1970. That's the Salt City Hoop show. Thank you guys for so much for listening. Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud if you missed any of the show. Andy Larson, Zach Harper, signing out. Salt City Hoops, ESPN 700. Need a new.